You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Do not exchange my glory for shame is the title of this devotion. Do not exchange my glory for shame. That's a statement I'll read to you shortly from Psalm 4, but I'd like to start with you in this incredible Psalm 3. And I think it is really worth the moment to share with you that this psalm was written by David while he was walking out of Jerusalem, out of his palace, out of his home, because his son Absalom had, had not abdicated, excuse me, had seized the throne and was coming with armed people. And David understood that if he'd stayed there, he would have to fight against his own son Absalom, whom he loved, and others who were with him, who had been caught up with the excitement of what he was doing. And David understood, if I stay here, I'm going to have to fight them. No, the throne isn't his to take and it's not mine to give to him. It belongs to God. It's God's throne. That is such a powerful lesson to learn to who does this belong, you see. And David understood that the throne upon which he sat was not his, but was God. So he knew if I leave it to God, God decides who sits on it. And while he was leaving that place, his home and his throne, and really in humility, there was this man throwing muck on him and and cursing him. And while he was going through this, he wrote this song. Now hear what he says in Psalm 3. We'll start at verse 1. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. For you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory. You yourself are a shield. Where do you think David would have gotten such an idea except that the Lord said to Abraham in Genesis 14, fear not, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. Do you see how David took that word that was given to Abraham and received it as his own, just like you and I can take the word that's been given and receive it as our own? Oh, friends, I plead with you right now, begin to believe the Lord is my shield. The Lord is my glory and the lifter of my head. Where do you think that lifter of my head would come from? When David used that in Psalm 27, in many other places, David used the word lifter of my head. You see, in Job chapter 42, when the Lord rebuked the three friends of Job who had misrepresented him by how they had attacked 
Job with the claim that the root cause of his suffering was found in him, which you read about in Job 19, oh, verse, uh, hmm, that's a good thing now, I know where it is, verse 28, I think it is. Anyway, but, but they had attacked Job with the claim that the root cause of his suffering was found in him, and God rebuked them for misrepresenting him by accusing Job with this. And then the Lord said to those three friends, My wrath is against you, but if you bring an offering to me and have my servant Job pray for you, I will not bring the judgment you deserve upon you. And they brought the Lord an offering before Job. And Job, they didn't bring the offering to Job. They brought it to the Lord, but they did it before Job. And then Job prayed forgiveness for the ones who had wounded him. How much that is the cross of Calvary. And God says about Job right there, I have lifted his face in my presence. Of course, he says through Abraham, this is the way, excuse me, through Moses, in Numbers chapter 6, he says to Moses, tell my people, tell my servants, my priests, that this is the way I want you to put my blessing upon the people. I will lift up my face upon you. I will be gracious to you. I will be merciful to you. I will lift up my countenance. You see, this is how God continuously began to unveil his heart, his life, his love. And David receive that by faith like you and I can for himself. And he said, Lord, you are a shield for me. You are my glory and the lifter of my head. Now comes chapter four of the Psalm, Psalm four. And I come to that point that I call this devotion, do not exchange my glory for shame. Because David in Psalm four says, hear me. When I call, O God of my righteousness, you have relieved me in my distress. Have mercy on me. Hear my prayer. How long, O you sons of men, will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood, but know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly, and the Lord will hear when I call to him and so forth. It's a beautiful psalm. It's very short. It only has eight verses. But I want to focus on this. How long will you exchange, change? How long will you change or how long will you turn my glory to shame? How long will you love worthlessness and seek falsehood? And this word, the Holy Spirit put in my heart a long time ago and in my mind, and it just comes out of me when I'm praying. Father, I do not want to exchange your glory for the shame of my human nature, for the nudity of my human nature. Father, I do not want to exchange. I do do not want to um, turn your glory to the shame. Exchange it. No, Father, you are my glory. I want to be clothed with your majesty, with your humility, with your meekness, with your gentleness. The Bible talks about this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Put on the Lord Jesus. In Ephesians 4, put on the Lord Jesus. 
put off the old man and that you're clothed with him. And this is what I want to impress upon your heart today, dear friends. All of us are human like I am. You look at my human body and this is how I can be with you to share the spiritual riches with you that God has imparted into me and that he renews in me daily. But you see, the glory of our life is to be the Lord. The Lord himself is to be our glory. We're to be clothed with his majesty. We're to be filled and flooded with his spirit and his life and his love. And this is what's supposed to emanate from our being, from this earthen vessel. Second Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, we have this treasure in the earthen vessel so that the glory thereof might be of God and not of ourselves. Or as Jesus would say in Matthew 5, let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And we don't want to exchange that glory for the shame of our human, natural, weak, falling short nature. You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we learn something very powerful starting in verse 29, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, of the heavenly Father you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, him who glories let him glory in the Lord. You see, in this natural nature, friends, while it is fearfully and wonderfully made apart from God, it is dust to dust and ashes to ashes. The natural body, yes, it is fearfully and wonderfully made, but without God, it has no glory. And you'll find out the barrenness and the emptiness of the human nature. And you could see this throughout Scripture where God continuously begins to reveal to the people that He is their shield, their glory, and the lifter of their head. Lifter means it is His presence that makes us wake up, arise, shine, be radiant, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Deep and dense darkness is upon the earth, but the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon you, it says in Isaiah chapter 60, I think, or 61. And friends, this is what we want to not exchange. We don't want to exchange that glory for the shame of the natural nature by loving worthlessness and seeking falsehood but living in communion and fellowship with the Father in prayer and continuously being renewed inwardly by His Spirit to be clothed with His divine nature. Do you remember in Isaiah chapter 6 that King Uzziah had died and Jotham, his son, was now taking over? And he was a young man. I think he was only 25 years old when he had to take on the responsibility. He'd been helping his father for some years since his father was ill with leprosy. And when King Uzziah, who was such a reformer to bring the nation back to God, had died, Isaiah was so grieved. He was a young man. He had just started out in his ministry. He probably was in his 20s, 
20s or maybe 30s at most, but I would think in his 20s. And here Uzziah, Isaiah was in the house of God praying and praying and praying. And suddenly in that time of brokenness because the king had died and his son was so immature and young, and then the glory of the Lord appeared to him and he saw the seraphims in heaven crying, holy, 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 the earth is full of his glory. And all this presence of God began to manifest and all of a sudden Isaiah awoke to his real condition and said, woe is me, woe is me for I'm undone. What does that mean? Oh my goodness, I'm a stranger in this glory. I'm a stranger in this glory. This glory isn't manifesting in me. It is showing separation. It is showing I am here and it is there. I'm, I'm not one with the glory. So he's saying I'm a stranger in it. For I am living among a people of unclean lips and I myself have unclean lips and I've seen the glory of the Lord. Immediately the scripture says one of the seraphims took one of the coals of fire from off the altar with tongues and he touched the lips of Isaiah and said your iniquity is purged, it's taken away. And then he could hear the voice of God saying, who shall we send to represent me? And he said, send me. And I find this so powerful that from, the, from one moment of feeling a stranger to the glory to the next moment of saying, I'll represent this glory. And Jesus in John chapter 12, verse 38 through 41, speaks about that experience that Isaiah had. And he says, when Isaiah saw my glory in the Father, he said, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed and who has believed the report of the Lord? To put that in a bit more contemporary language, he said, Lord, who would believe me if I tell them of this life, even if I would do your miracles? And Jesus uses that statement in reference to the peoples whose hearts were so hard because while they were seeing the glory of the Lord in Jesus, they did not receive him as coming from God, but rejected him. He was despised and rejected by man, the scripture says. And even though he did miracles among them, opened blind eyes, granted the deaf to hear and the mute to speak and the lame to walk and the lepers to be cleansed and the dead to be raised, they did not believe. So he was saying what God showed in Isaiah, that even if God would come and do these great works, people would still not receive him. And this, my dear friends, is calling you and me. I don't want to be somebody who becomes callous by exchanging the glory of God for the temporal pleasures of this life because that's what makes you so callous. That's what makes you so indifferent. That's what makes you even mocking. I have seen precious Christians who were, have partaken of the powers of the age to come, who've shared in the inheritance of the saints, become the mockers, and they were worse mockers than people who never knew it because they made fun of what they used to know because they became so callous as they exchanged the glory of God for shame by loving worthlessness and seeking falsehood 
instead of spending time with the Heavenly Father like David did. So this is not a rebuke, dear friends. I have these scriptures in my heart. I pray them. This is an intercession. This is me interceding with you by the Holy Spirit. Do not exchange the glory for shame, the shame of your human nature. Do not allow your human nature be all that you live for. David said in Psalm 17, the wicked have their reward, their belly is full of food, but my reward is that I will see the Lord and be just like him. Psalm 17, the last verse, beautiful verse 15. For David, it was always a hunger and thirst for him. Oh Lord, how am I my flesh thirsts for the living God, Psalm 63. How he satisfies my longing, my deepest yearning with marrow and fatness, Psalm 63. How his loving kindness is better to me than life itself. How my lips will praise him. How I'll lift up my hands into his name. Oh, friends, I feel the Holy Ghost pulling on you and me, drawing you back into the loving bosom of the Father and saying, find your rest in me, find your satisfaction in me, find your completion in me. I can still the strongest storm, the hardest wars, the greatest pains, the greatest torments. If you come into my bosom, the Bible says in Colossians 3 verse 4 that we're hidden with Christ in the bosom of the Father, Christ who is our life. Come into his loving presence. And bosom means his, his presence, the fullness of his giving himself to you and me to invite you to give yourself to him. Don't exchange your glory for shame. God has made Christ unto us wisdom through Christ. All the riches of wisdom and understanding are opened up to us. It says in Colossians chapter 2, and he's been made unto you righteousness with God, sanctification and redemption, so that you may continuously glory in that wonderful access you have into knowing, perceiving, recognizing him in righteousness, in purity and in freedom and worshiping him in that wonderful recreative place in which you live in Christ as a son and a daughter of God, praising him, worshiping him, being clothed with his glorious life, no matter what the circumstances of this life, that you're radiant with his glory and that you love him with all your spirit, soul and body and the commandment, love the Lord your God is in full force in your heart and mind. Oh, what a wonder, what a wonder. Come, 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 my friends. The Father is calling you. Amen. Have a good day.